0: Evan Prater moving to wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bearcats not only benefits them this year, but it also benefits them beyond this year. You are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you listen to podcasts, including right here on YouTube. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow us to get an alert every time that we drop a new episode. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day, right here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm fired up to be with you all today. I'm refreshed. I have recharged the batteries. I spent a great weekend up in Lake Michigan with the fam and I'm ready to go, and I did get to keep up with Big 12 Media Days throughout the week. Uh, We'll hear from Neil Meyer from the front office news tomorrow, and we'll hopefully hear from Russ Heldman on Thursday. Neil was there. Russ, I don't think Russ was there, but he has some stuff on all Bearcats. And the biggest takeaway, no doubt, is Evan Prater moving to wide receiver and this move is it, it's so interesting so last week on one of our episodes a one of you commented and said that Evan Prater had moved to wide receiver and that person said that that's what he that's what they were told by Prater himself so i texted neil who i obviously trust like russ and everybody on the beat that i have on the show And I I said to Neil, I I asked him, is this true? And he confirmed with a source that it was. And at first, and really my my, my first thoughts were, this is fantastic. And I think this not only benefits the Bearcats this year, but also in 2024. When I think of what the Cincinnati Bearcats are going to do this year with Evan Prater, a wide receiver. I just think about how this finally gives us, as fans, some clarity of where this quarterback room is going. I firmly think that for the first time since 2020, middle of 2020, 2021, we finally have a plan in place at quarterback. And even if there's a battle... Between, let's say, Brady Drogash and Brady Lichtenberg, that's okay. But we now finally know Emory Jones starts this year. Drogash or Lichtenberg starts next year. Who knows beyond that? But at least there's a plan in place. Because the biggest question in the quarterback room was, what about Evan Prater? Well, now he's moved to a new position. And I think this benefits him spectacularly. Because here's the thing. There's nothing worse in college football or any even professional football than being than ha, than wasting athletic talent. And for the better part of the last and, and for last year I think that is what we were what what we thought with Evan Prater was his talents were being wasted. He got to start the final two games of the regular season and then the bowl game or the final regular season game and then the bowl game they did not go well. More questions ensued, and now we are here on July 18th, 46 days away from kickoff. And there is a plan in place for Evan Prater. He's going to move to wide receiver. He's going to use his athleticism because we know he has plenty of that. His athleticism is incredible. It's what landed him a scholarship, and a commitment to Cincinnati. It's what it's what made him the highest recruit in the 24-7 sports era for Cincinnati. It's what made him Mr. Ohio High School football, or Mr. Football in the state of Ohio back in 2019. Evan Prater is an athlete. Finally, he's going to be able to see his athletic potential. And in a wide receiver room where there isn't really that much talent, There is, there is now, well, I shouldn't say there's not much talent. Where there's really, you don't really know who's going to fit where. Who's going to start. But this is spectacular. Because now, let's say, and this is so reminiscent of, this is so reminiscent of, I just think about, Jamar Chase, and what he did to start 2021 with the Bengals. I think about great receivers in college football who burst onto the scene. I think about athletic receivers. I, I'm on Twitter today, and there's a there's a thread. There was a thread going, or yesterday, rather, there was a thread going that Marty Gilliard is, you know, maybe the, the greatest Bearcat of all time or certainly the greatest receiver of all time. And I, I just... I just think about it greatest of all time. And I just think about Evan Prater. And he's going into his fourth season with the Bearcats. But finally, and I don't think it's too late, he is going to finally be able to use his athletic talents. And you know what? It's okay. They didn't pan out a quarterback. Because now, we feel like we're starting anew. We feel like we're starting anew at wide receiver. With Evan Prater. Being in the... Being in the conversation... And when it comes to his abilities as a pass catcher and when it comes to his athletic abilities, I think this, what what this is going to do is it's going to give defenses fits because if you have athleticism in the big 12, you're good. And I think about what Jamar Chase did back in 2021 through the first seven weeks of the season, he had a hundred or more receiving yards. In five of those seven games. And the only ones in which he did not, he still had four for 65 with two touchdowns against the Steelers. And he had four for 97 against Detroit. Including two big catches to set up two field goals in that game. So, And and I just think about how defenses didn't know what the heck to do. And I think that could happen here in the Big 12. If you have an athletic receiver who gives defenses fits and keeps defensive coordinators up at night, that's going to be that's going to be an advantage for the Bear for the Bearcats. It's starting to really look like that this offense, for as developmental as it might be this season, is really going to start to catch the Cincinnati is going to catch Big Twelve teams off guard, especially on defense. I think there's a really good. I I feel better about this offense, and I say that even though we've never seen Evan Prater play wide receiver now. Obviously, there is, well, what if it doesn't work out? And it's okay to wonder that. You have to be realistic. But at the same time, I just think of the upside. As long as he can catch, as long as Evan Prater can catch, what he can do in space, what he can do with the ball in his hands, I'm excited. And we know Emery Jones can make plays. This offense, again, for as developmental as it might be, because we don't know... Who's going to play a wide receiver if Evan Prater's a part of that equation? We don't know how good the offensive, we don't know what the offensive line is going to look like this season. We think the starting five is going to be competent, but this offense is going to be hard to defend because there's going to be so much movement. The scheme is going to work here. I mean, we we've seen wide receivers that Scott Seifel coached at Louisville, most notably Tutu Atwell, who went on to be an NFL draft pick by the Rams. And then we saw a guy like I mean, a guy like uh, D. Wiggins, who's now with with the Bearcats. So there's there's so much there's so much potential here with Evan Prater that I'm really excited about. This benefits the Bearcats this year because now they have a notable name at wide receiver from the team, and now we have a plan in place a quarterback beyond this year. And Evan Prater finally, it feels like, is out of the mired whatever it is. He was mired and just, he's good, but, well, he hasn't shown it. Now he's got his own position, his own potential, and he's going to show what he can do. Up next, another takeaway from me, from Big 12 Media Days. Scott Centerfield has it. Luke Fickle did not. I'll explain what that is coming up next on Lockdown Bearcats. Today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And you can do it all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. And who doesn't like that? There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com lockdown and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash lockdown. Fanduel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you so much to all of you who make Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Coming up on tomorrow's show for you everyday listeners, a familiar guest, Neil Meyer from the front office news. He hasn't been on in a while, but Neil's going to join us to talk all things Cincinnati and the Big 12. Can't wait to have Neil on. He was at Big 12 meeting days. He's got a lot. To get into, so hope you join us tomorrow and make us your first listen of every day. Really fun weekend uh, I had with Big Twelve Media Days and Evan Prater, wide receiver, and being up at Lake Michigan uh, with the family. Had a lot of good food, good times, boating, and going to the beach and just uh, hanging out on um, the front porch at the house, which my uh, and uncle's one of my uncles God rest his soul. Uh, just a tremendous, tremendous weekend. So I and that's why I'm recharged. And you know, it it, it is like this is the this is a, a fun time of the year. Like, yeah, it's still hot outside, but you can feel you can feel that autumn air start to roll in. And that just means football season's right around the corner, 46 days away, 51 or I'm sorry. Yeah, 51 Days away from NFL opening kickoff night between Detroit and Kansas City. We got to see Travis Kelsey. And going back to Cincinnati, here's another thing that makes me excited for the season. So Scott Satterfield has been the head coach of the Bearcats for seven and a half months. And in those seven and a half months, I've only started to like him more. And when the, the portion of Big 12 media days that I was able to see while I was on vacation, was when he was on the ESPNU set with Chris Budden and two other analysts on ESPNU. And I've always kind of thought this about Scott Satterfield from attending press conferences and watching press conferences. But when I hear Scott Satterfield, when I hear Scott Satterfield speak, I think about one thing, personality. He's got it. He's got that personality. Justin Williams of The Athletic called, him a southern, called it a Southern draw, the, the voice that he has. And just like when you hear him, you hear how passionate he is about this program. You hear how passionate he is about the team that he has this season. Man, i tell you what. I'm excited to see what this culture really looks like. Because yes, it was very good when Luke Fickle was here. But let's be honest, there's going to be a fun element to this team that I don't think that the Bearcats, the last five years, really had. They were good and they were fun because they were winning. And they were bull racing several opponents. But this is going to be a fun, a fun team and fun season because every game is going to be a battle. And yet the Bearcats are going to be able to compete because... Their defense is is still going to be really good. And, I mean, Scott Satterfield, I mean, if there's one thing that I like about Scott Satterfield is, he's a hype man for every player on this roster. He really is. I mean, you have some football coaches who are military-style, disciplinarian, like a Nick Saban or a Bill Belichick, and that's fine. I respect those coaches. I mean, I mean, you look at what Nick Saban and Bill Belichick have accomplished. But then you have your players' coaches, like, like a Pete Carroll, Zach Taylor, and Scott Satterfield. And there are several other player player coaches, pl- player head coaches that are out there. But if we're being but Scott Satterfield is one of those. And I say that because you watch him talk and you can just feel that that hip hop, that you know, pop culture it up. You can feel that. And that's what makes you excited for him to be your head coach. And for everything Luke Fickle did, and I'm not going to dismiss what he accomplished. I was a I was a huge Luke Fickle fan. And I always, but I always said, and I, there's kind of a new element to it. When people asked me how I felt about Luke Fickle early on, I said, no, that was actually about Mick Cronin. Well, maybe Luke Fickle. My answer was 90% love him, 10% don't. And I don't know if you're ever going to completely 100% love your head coach. I mean, Georgia fans will tell you they 100% love Kirby Smart, and that's fine. I mean, he's won them two national championships, should have won him a third. But I guarantee you that that there's one thing about Kirby Smart they don't like. There was always something about Luke Fickle that I did not like. And unfortunately, and it kind of evolved a little bit in 2020, in 2021, in 2022. But he didn't have a personality. Scott Siderfield has a personality. I mean, you hear him. He's got flavor in his voice. It's not monotonous. He's animated. He's – this is a this is the kind of guy that Cincinnati needs to get into the modern era of college football. You need an offensive-minded guy with a great mind, great energy, brilliant ideas, a freshness to him. That's what Scott Siderfield – and I'm not saying the Bearcats were in need of fresh – it, it, look, Luke Fickle again left. I'm not going to blame him for what he did, but Scott Centerfield comes in, and it almost feels like there's a it almost feels like despite all of what the Bearcats accomplished, there is a breath of fresh air element to this. And I think about the Cincinnati Bearcats. I think that they have a real opportunity here to surprise a lot of teams because Scott Centerfield believes so much in them. Because there's a culture in place. You hear what Jawan Briggs and Emery Jones and Deshaun Pace and Dante Corleone all said at Big 12 Media Days. And they have the same feeling. They don't care that they were ranked 13th in the preseason media poll. They know they're better than 13th. I know they're better than 13th. When we do our Big 12, when I when I do my season preview Big 12 prediction show later towards this the start of the season... I guarantee you I won't have the Bearcats finishing 13th because there is a sense that the core of this team and the nucleus is establishing a culture that is so good that it is just phenomenal where it's going. And, you know, I think a lot of us were hoping that Luke Fickle would be the head coach in the Big 12, but I almost feel like because of what happened last year and then now and then after the season and then in the seven months since, what Scott Satterfield has done is kept the is kept the boat afloat. And that's a hard thing to do. But I am just so looking forward to seeing what this offense is going to look like, especially now with Evan Prater, wide receiver. You've got your running back room retained. This is going to be a potentially really fun offense. If it develops, if if the best-case scenario and its development plays out, we're talking about an offense that's going to be really good. Better than last year's. And last year's offense at times was really good, but let's be honest. Towards the end of the season, it wasn't. This offense is not going to get blown out 24-7 to 7 to a junior varsity Louisville team, so to speak, in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. No. They're going to play a competitive bowl game in the Liberty Bowl, Alamo Bowl, Cheez It Bowl, uh, Camping World Bowl, uh, any bowl game that is any bowl game that is much better than. I mean, now how cool is it to play at Fenway Park? But being honest, they're going to be in every game this season. Coming up. Lessons learned from the weekend. Lessons learned from the weekend that was in Cincinnati sports and how it applies to the Cincinnati Bearcats. And I got one question based on something my cousin asked me while we were at Lake Michigan this weekend. I'll tell you what that question is and my answer next and how it applies to the Bearcats all coming up on Lockdown Bearcats. All right, so one thing I like to do on this show because I'm such a big Cincinnati sports fan is – you know, look at what the Reds, the Bengals, FC Cincinnati and what they're doing and tie it back to the Bearcats. So the Reds over the weekend, frustratingly lost to the Milwaukee Brewers. By the way, tomorrow or after you make Locked On Bearcats your first listen today, check out uh, Locked On Reds with my good friend and colleague Jeff Carr and Stephen Offenbaker as they break down Christian Encarnacion Strand's debut last night as the Reds took on the San Francisco Giants. So... I was obviously disappointed by what the Reds did over the weekend, which was they did not win a game, and they did get swept by the Milwaukee Brewers. And for I saw the word on Twitter used as deflating. Look, it was disappointing. It was a setback. But to me, it was a wake-up call. To me, it was a gut punch. To me, it was sobering as if to say, hey, the Reds might be good, but the Milwaukee Brewers – They show the Reds, like, this is what you need to have to win this division. And what's so, what is so annoying to me is the five games they won was so, it was so predictable in the way they won those games. You know how they won those five games? Starting pitching, timely hitting, and their bullpen. And the Reds have done a lot of those things very well this season. But it just got me thinking, Despite the Reds and their great month of June that they had, and they're, I I think, what's still a solid month of July to start. I mean, what were they? They were 44 and 38. Yeah, at the start of 44 and 38 to start the month of July. And now they're, at the time of this recording, they're 50 and 44. So they're 6 and 6. They're 6 and 6. They're 500, which, I mean, you can take that however you want. You're never going to have. It is so rare you're going to have two months in a row like June of 2023, unless you're the Atlanta Braves. But my thing is, the Reds were shown this is what you need to have to win the division. And I asked myself this question on Sunday: Are the Reds built? To, are the Reds built to win the division? And the answer, quite frankly, is no. They're not built to win the division. at least because they don't have the starting pitching to do it. Corbin Burns, rock solid on, on Friday night. Freddy Peralta, same way on Saturday. Adrian Hauser wasn't great, but still good enough to keep the game close and give the Brewers a chance to win it in the eighth inning, which they did. At the end of the day, that's what great teams do. We forgot how good the Brewers were. And so I think about the Bearcats, and my question is, Are the Bearcats built to win in the Big 12? I don't know. Because we haven't seen them play in the Big 12. I have to see a full season of evidence that tells me, yes, they're building a program that can win in the Big 12, or no, but they can do this, this, and this to get to where they need to be to win in the Big 12. That is what I'm looking at when it comes to the Cincinnati Bearcats and the Big 12. Because... I'm going to be honest, it's going to be hard to win in the Big 12. Right now, I would say that they have a roster that can be competitive. I think they have a. I think they have a sneaky, really solid roster. I like the guys they have on defense. I think the offense is starting to come together. But you have to ask yourself, are they built to win in the Big 12? Well, what wins in the Big 12? Dynamic offenses and bend but don't break defenses. Well, they're ahead of the curve on defense. Offensively, I don't think they're there yet, but I think they can get there, so that's good. Um, the Bengals, like I said, I, I think the thing with the Bengals is they they don't have a lot of question marks going into the regular season and training camp, which is outstanding. I do worry about the secondary, particularly the back end of it with the new safety tandem, Dax Hill, Nick Scott. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry, but I do, but I do really like the other the other positions. Linebackers, fine. You got Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, and Akeem Davis Gaither. Plus, you have Joe Batchy for a depth piece and Marcus Bailey. Defensive line, really good. Offense. I mean, we know the skill players are insanely good. Joe Mixon just got to... And here's my thing about Joe Mixon. Not going to condone everything he's done, both here in Cincinnati and at Oklahoma. But from a professional football player standpoint, him restructuring his contract says a lot about it. Excited that he's back. I think he could have a bounce back year. He's going into year seven. So there is that question mark of is he going to be a productive player. I do think that this Bengals offense has the chance to be the best offense in the league. That's how good I think they are. FC Cincinnati, great win on, on Saturday, fighting tooth and nail to beat the uh, to beat Nashville SC, and now they enter the League's Cup well ahead in the MLS standings. Now, I, I will say this. And I was thinking about this, Uh, NFL kickoff 51 days away and how this relates to the Bearcats. So there's one team, there's one team that I am really, really interested to see what they're going to be like this year. And that's the Atlanta Falcons led, of course, by quarterback Desmond Ritter, former UC Bearcats quarterback. Now in his second season will be the starter for the Falcons offense. This has the chance to be a good season for the Falcons. And I say that because they drafted B. John Robinson in the first round. And again, there's always this conversation. Do you draft a running back in the first round? My answer is yes. If you think he fits your offense, and if you think that he is generationally talented, which B. John Robinson is, Atlanta is a run first team. They were one of the best running teams last year in the NFL, ranked, I believe, in the top three and for sure in the top five. Robinson joins Tyler Algier. But my point is, how cool is it? that we get to see a quarterback who played for Cincinnati and was really good now get to have the opportunity to lead his team to the playoffs, potentially an NFC South division title. That division's not very good. Now, I think New Orleans is going to be in for a a sneaky, really good year, but Atlanta's going to have their opportunities. I mean, people forget last year they were in first place alone at the end of week eight. And that was a team the Bengals crushed by 18 points in Cincinnati in Week 7. So there's a lot that is going to happen here that I'm really excited about with the Falcons. And Desmond Ritter gets to lead it all on offense. You've got a a receiving core that I think could surprise some people this year. I don't think they're up, and, up there with the Bengals or the Dolphins or uh, naming, uh, naming another team. But I do think when I look at a When I look at a wide receiver room that has Drake London, who had a solid rookie season, and Kyle Pitts, and you have Cordero Patterson still there, and I just just think Atlanta is poised for potentially a really successful season. Maybe that culminates with their first playoff appearance in um, six years, you know, Desmond Ritter has the opportunity to lead them back to being a prominent and relevant NFL franchise. By the way, their first game week one at home against Bryce Young and Carolina. So potentially, if Young starts, a rematch of the Cotton Bowl in the college football playoff semifinals two years ago between Desmond Ritter of the Falcons and Bryce Young of the Panthers. Those two guys squared off as quarterbacks in that Cotton Bowl in the college football playoff. So one more thing. My cousin asked me this question, and he goes, what are your favorite Bengals seasons? Well, obviously 2021, and then I said, I, I think I said 2015, and then I also added 2009, because that season, you weren't expecting the Bengals to be any good. They were coming off a four-win season. I mean, yeah, they, they had a bunch of injuries the year before, and there was some optimism going into t- 2009 with the defense, and... Marvin Lewis ultimately wins Coach of the Year. They win the division. It was a season that was just so unexpected, and it was this joyride for four months because they were never really great. I mean, their offense was not, was not nearly as good as the Colts' offense or the Chargers' offense. Both teams, those two teams, were the number numbers one and two seeds in the uh, in the NFL playoffs. Their offenses were never. Their offense was never as good as those teams, but their defense was was about as good as any defense in the NFL. And Carson Palmer in the offense did just enough to win the division and host the playoff game. That I still to this day say they should have won. But that's what I feel like with the Cincinnati Bearcats. There isn't a lot of people expecting them to do much this year, but it could be like a 2009 Bengals team. By the way, you remember what the Bearcats did in 2009. When they went to the college, or, or I'm sorry, when they damn near went to the BCS national championship and the improbable 12 and a run that was piked to Benz. Good stuff today. That was fun show to do. Fun show tomorrow coming up on the way. Neil Meyer of the Front Office News. He'll join me to talk about his experience in Big 12 media, day, media days, his biggest takeaway, the benefits of Evan Prater moving to wide receiver, and is 13th place too low? for the Cincinnati Bearcats. We'll take a look at Neil Myers' ballot that he submitted for the Big 12 Media Days and why he vehemently disagrees with the Big 12 Media preseason poll. That's coming up tomorrow. Russ Hellman hopefully on the way on Thursday. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore 92Ns, NNATI, Instagram Alex AlexFrankdown underscore, and then email Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Lockdown Bearcats is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Alex Frank for Locked On Bearcats. Thanks for making us your first listen of every day. Be sure to check out Locked On Reds. Christian Encarnacion on Stru- Strand. His debut last night, Jeff Carr, Stephen Offa. break that down. And then Locked On Bengals. My good friend James Rapine and colleague at All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated. He and Jake Lisko on Locked On Bengals. Talking all things Joe Mixon. Training camp. Ring of Honor announcement this week. I I, I will say right now, I think it's going to be Boomer and Chad. Boomer is eyes in Chad Johnson. I I do think that eventually Dave Lapham, Chris Collinsworth, Tim Crumry, those guys should get attention. I I would even consider A.J. Green, Kevin Huber. But right now, I I would definitely lean towards Chad Johnson and Boomer Eisen getting in the Ring of Honor. So, plenty to get to this week. So much happening. Thank you for being a part of it. Lockdown Bearcats is part of the Lockdown Podcast. Network your team every day. I'm Alex Spring for Lockdown Bearcats. Have a great rest of your day, and I'm back tomorrow right here on Lockdown Bearcats.